welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 446. Did you get my big sniff there right at the beginning? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that makes sense for this podcast. <laughs> well, we got a doozy for you today. A humdinger, if you will. Shamalama ding dong. <laughs> no, uh, we have a, a a pretty good discussion on a lot of things, really. Yes, but not a lot of things. I don't know how to really say. It. I mean, yeah. ultimately, you know, the the cat's out of the bag. The bat's out of the bag. The bat's out of the bag. <laughs> Um, and mm. most people have heard that there is a Snyder Cut that come about, and we got into a longer discussion than I thought we would, and we critiqued it, we gave it some praise, we pretty much said what it is, and also talked about the, um, hysterical people that are very toxic when it comes to yeah, this, and the original release, and how, that is just not cool. No. Toxic um, fandom is not cool anywhere. I also try to defend myself to say that I'm not uh, a toxic person, nor um, I can, you know, have conversations good. Are you trying to make this the longest intro ever, too? <laughs> and then, and then, well, I, we did get into uh, a couple books. They're all good. Yeah. Everything's all good, Tony. It's yeah. all all good and long and long good and long it's not something you've heard in a while eh oh fuck off <laughs> and with the power of editing you will not know why Lens was just laughing but stick around for more <laughs> grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast episode 446 The Snyder Cut should have cut more <laughs> Most guys do when they're sick. <laughs> you know, I so I totally didn't hit record. Wow, what? Explain exactly what you did, and I was trying to think of something funny to say. <laughs> you, you, to re- you, you, you snorting crack is not. <laughs> no, no, no. Pushing a child out of my vagina. You don't, you don't snort crack. You snort clean. Never mind. I, don't I even mean, know you my could drugs. snort crack. I don't think it would work as well. Yeah. I would imagine at some point in time it will melt down the back of your throat and get you Just high. Just be like a drip. Yeah. Nasal drip. Yeah. A really gross... You know, like when you, like, swallow aspirin wrong or, like, you take something aspirin and then you throw up and then you get that weird, like, dry aspirin running down the back of your throat. That sounds kind of specific because I've never really <laughs> swallowed aspirin to have that feeling, but... Yeah. I guess you probably have. Must have. I must have. Yeah. At I some know. point in time to have that. Because that's exactly what you're saying before. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of business that most men can't. Yes. Yes. Being ripped in twain. <laughs> <laughs> that... By a baby. <laughs> aspirin. <laughs> By a baby aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, I want to start off. Uh, had a little bit of a 
Online argument. Shocker. What? I know. And yes. I want totally honest with you. Do you feel like I'm a... Dick? A, <laughs> I mean, that's yes. obvious. <laughs> but like uh, in a good way. A DC, like, hater? Are you a DC hater? You are a DC movie universe hater. But yeah. that's for a reason. Well, critiquer... I would say more in that sense. Yeah. I mean, Batman Returns is still one of my favorite of all time superhero okay, movies. Okay, well, let's be clear on what we're talking about here when we're talking about the DC movies. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about those ones, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the newer ones, yes. right? The Warner Brothers, and that's the, And you just said it right there. It's not DC. It's yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Even though I love what Warner Brothers have done, I love cartoons and Looney Tunes and all that. Their executives fucking suck. Josh and I made the very, very important distinction that the problem with the DCEU movies is Deborah Schneider. Not even Scott. It's Deborah. Because on the movies that she wasn't an executive producer, except for Wonder Woman, obviously, Wonder Woman was amazing. I don't know. That was lightning in a bottle. Like, that just came at the right time. Patty Jenkins kicked some ass on that one. They did not do well with the second one. But there's a couple of them that Deborah Schneider did not executive produce on, and those were good. Yeah, well, I mean, I more or less blame Warner Brothers because I've seen it in some of their other non-superhero movies. Like, it's been known that they meddle mm. because they flat out can't trust the directors or the writers to take what the vision is. And so they always look at... It's, it's marketing 101 where... Yeah, to be fair... Marvel did the same thing. But they had a vision and they had yes. a person that... Yes. And they didn't have too many hands in the cookie jar is what I should say. Yes, they st everyone has producers. But uh, Disney came in and didn't say, you got to do this Disney way. Obviously, they don't swear or have you know, blood everywhere. But they let Marvel right. make what Marvel wanted to make, or at least the team's... And then once it started getting running, they didn't come in and say, you should change this or this after the right. fact. Warner Brother does that on a ton of movies. It's why a lot of Warner Brothers movies fucking suck. And I'm I, sorry, say Warner again? Warner? 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 <laughs> Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers? <laughs> WB? <laughs> WB. So that's where my dislike comes from. Uh, you got. You got it sounds like you got called out for being a dick about DC movies. No, 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 no. So the conversation went as such. Uh, a friend of mine posted about the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we'll talk about later. And he was saying, like, really? Like, you know, Iron Man didn't leave any money for these guys. Like, they can't, you know, you know, afford even their rent. Like, they're not getting paid by the government. And he... He's a huge Batman fan, like, wants to be Batman. So he's like, Bruce, you know, bought Superman's house and this and that. And I'm not... So I just kind of made the, the point of Marvel comic books and their their world is more real than DC. And I used a couple just quick, you know, lines of DC is more... They are... They're gods. And they're more human in Marvel uh, mm -hmm. stuff. That has been known, that has been talked about a lot, and I can already hear 
the fanboys bitching about what I'm saying, and it's it's to the root of being relatable, and that's kind of the keyword that we're arguing over. And so it came to him white knighting DC and saying that I was shitting all over him, and I was like, I read more comics, I can guarantee. I'm not trying to like really put it out there of how much more knowledge I have, but I do have a little bit more knowledge of the general picture of comic books. Does your friend listen to this podcast? If he does right now, the good conclusion is we made up and we came to <laughs> reconciliation. So, well, what I was going to say is like maybe not idolize the man who has severe mental problems. Oh. Well, he's got richness though, so that's what I think my buddy. I mean, uh, he's got a lot of problems. Worship. But the, the thing is, this though, like he dresses like a bat instead of going to therapy. To deal with his issues, he just goes and beats the shit out of people at night, dressed as a bat. Well, like I said, it comes down to <laughs> relatability, and he was trying to say how, you know, you can relate to this and that. And I, and I came up with a perfect example of, like, I love Transformers. I can relate to the death of Optimus Prime. We've all lost people. Mm-hmm. I can relate to death. But they are still giant fucking robots. Right. And Do they, they are, actually die? And, DC, they are gods among men. Half their stories are gods of men or this or that. Mm-hmm. Gods and monsters. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then they actually found a funny meme that actually was truthful. Marvel uh, is men trying to play gods. DC is gods trying to play men. Mm-hmm. And that's totally true. Superman, you know, trying to be a human and... Like, really, that sucks because Batman's the only one left out. But then on the flip side with the Avengers, Thor's an actual god. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they have one and one. And There's can... some other low, lower level. Yes. And, and like, and that's not to take away yeah. from the stories of, like, you know, I love Booster Gold and mm-hmm. his antics and everything. And there's people that obviously have tragedies. But there is a more... So why didn't Tony Stark leave anybody any money when he died? I don't know. And that is a good enough question. But it turned into this dialogue argument I should say luckily another yeah. person jumped in and he said what I was saying but in a more elegant way because maybe talk, it's one of those will. situations you know sometimes rich people like they have money but it's not their money like it's Stark Industries money mm-hmm. so he can't really will Stark Industries money away to people well it's one of those things though that I didn't think about oh, and it's gonna go into the topic of fucking where so why not start off with that's fine. That. It's, I don't think it'll be as long as the WandaVision talk because oh, no, no. there's just not as much going on. Yeah, but the the problems that they put in there are real problems that people face in the world. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was genuine is also something that most people overlook because they think superheroes have it made easy. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, that is my friend's point was Batman would just buy these for you. And that is true. But you can't really relate to that as a person. Right. We're seeing um, Sam not being able to get alone with some undertones of why he can't get alone besides he was gone for five years and there's yeah. no history. Which is, that's such bullshit. Like, I've heard, you know, there are, like, women out there who will become parents for, and just be stay-at-home moms for, like, ten years of a child's life and then try to go back to work. And, like, the biggest hindrance is that they didn't have a job for ten years. Mm-hmm. And while that's a very real-life scenario, like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? You were gone for five years against your will. Yeah. <laughs> 
why why is that your problem <laughs> yeah i feel like the world would be a little bit more united in helping so. out these people or there would be relief concerts yeah and, and charities but yeah well i mean that plays into the plot overall plot of the show which is that a lot of people feel like the world was better when those people were gone and that the world is now that people are back, the world has become more divided because they had united over the fact that all these people went missing. I guess I didn't really gather that, but that's, I mean, I can see that. That's, that's the group, the terrorist group. That's their whole thing is they think the world was better when after the Yeah, but they're terrorist event. groups. So I didn't really give a shit what they thought. Yeah, but I mean. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, there's that, terrorist groups take to an extreme what a lot of people in society have said out loud to themselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, you know, it really, they're just the ones who take it to the next level. So there probably is like a whole atmosphere of like, well, yeah, it sucked that all of you were gone, but we had adjusted to it and like moved on and the world was like uniting over this and now you're mm -hmm. all back and it's like, well, now our population is doubled again and we have all these problems. <laughs> so, you know, well, there's going to be a little bit of a, a plot device there, I think. But overall, uh for the first episode how i thought it was great it was solid it was I, a solid first i episode. loved the, just the begin like the aerial acrobatics yeah you know to really see because you know he had some some moves in the movies but that really kind of showed off his mm -hmm. versatility of what that wingsuit could do yeah and i just bucky was just i don't know I miss, whole, I miss when he showed whole, up in his nightmare in that in his old school like long haired oh, winter soldier mm -hmm. outfit. I was like, oh, that's the preferred. Person. And I just love the the old man and being like, you should just ask her out. Like, yeah. just pretty much being like a bro to him. And yeah. just And then when you get that reveal too, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. There's I don't know. There's a lot of layers. There is. There is. Um, of course, it ended with. Um, the new Captain America, right? Who is John Walker? Yeah, and he's the U.S. U.S. Agent. agent, right? And before he was, so he was, I can't remember, I can't remember what he was called before he became Captain America in the comic books, and then after he was Captain America in the comic books, he became U.S. Agent. But I read his backstory because I mean he was in comic books in the '80s, and I yeah. wasn't reading Captain America in the '80s, the Reagan years, as they call mm -hmm. them. He's a very Reagan years character, but. His backstory, I hope they kind of, like, play into it a little bit because it was totally one of those things where he was pulling a booster gold, kind of, where he was, like, paying people to make things happen so that he could come in and save the day. Um, well, his... I don't know if you got into... It's a little bit more tragic than that, too, though, with his... How easily... Like, he is that yes-man, like government says something he just to do it where that's part of the re in the comic book wise when captain walked away he was like no i'm not doing that well they're gonna replace you with someone who will right and this guy you know was not a bad person he did some not too great things in the name of my favorite justice my but... favorite thing thing i read about him was when he confront cap confronted him about one of the events that he pulled off because he he might, you know, people could have gotten hurt. And Cap wouldn't fight him, so he threw, like, a throwing star at him, and it, like, stuck in Cap's armor. Didn't hurt him at all, and Cap was like, I'm not fighting you. And because he, like, hit him, 
And Cap was like, I'm not fighting. He was like, I beat you. (laughs) (laughs) And he just went on this whole thing about how he kicked Captain America's ass and shit. And I was like, oh, this guy. Oh, man. Hopefully they they take him a little bit in that direction. Because I think he could be an interesting character. Um, Yeah, one quick uh, side bit about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, it is Disney Plus's most watched debut show programming that they've had since being Disney Plus. Really, even more than WandaVision. Yes, and wow. I, th- I feel I think WandaVision helped. I think WandaVision, the people that weren't in with Disney Plus or totally into Marvel, like okay, maybe I'll watch it. Didn't know about it, but once people started talking about this, mm. and it's like this is really good. I think more people turned into that that more they are now like I'm in it for this one too. Right. I got to make sure cuz they're like I missed out on what all this buzz was about when it first debuted. So I feel like that might be part of it. Um I feel like it's a little bit strange too that, you know, The Mandalorian 2 didn't maybe it did have the title at the time. Right. But obviously it's this then just being the newest now and more subscribers and and all that hoopla that uh yeah. Disney's just printing money still. They really are. They really are. But uh, let's let's get into more Disney-owned things, like maybe some Marvel Comics, or DC, or Image, or any that we have. Uh, I, I will start off with <laughs> with a Marvel one, I guess. A good transition there. Um, it is The Black Knight, The Curse of the Ebony Blade, number one. So The Black Knight is from... The Eternals, right? No. No? He So there's, there's talks he's in the Eternals movie. Yeah, isn't that Jon Snow? Yes. Isn't he the Black Knight? But I'm still... I guess I haven't really looked too much into that movie anymore because I forget about it half the time. Uh, he's in that movie, I guess. But he's I don't, not part of the Eternal zeitgeist. Yes, he is not okay. an Eternal. Him, He's from the age of Camelot and... And all that, and it's got this cursed sword that gives him power. And I, I know a, a little bit about the character, but not a super too much about him. Like he shows up every now and then, but he's not been a mainstream character. Mm-hmm. So when he's get a five issue miniseries, that's kind of like cool. I can refresh myself about this, you know, person. Yeah, because he's gonna be in the Eternals, right? So people yeah. need to like figure it's, out who he is. Yes, and. One of the things that I like most is he he's kind of a, a tragic uh, figure. Uh, the Avengers are fighting these monsters in Central Park, and you know they're doing their things like, "Ah, I'm going to blah, like smash you to pieces," Thor says with his hammer and and this and everything, and then here he comes coming on in. The Black Knight rise to aid thee. And they're like, oh, fuck, this guy. That horse does not look happy. Like, they're just making fun of him. And, and unfortunately, that's when you find out that he is not liked. And partially, he's not liked in what this kind of... It's also, like, you know how comic books will kind of go to then and now type mm-hmm. things? So, like, one panel is him talking to a therapist, an online AI therapist while also it's going into the events of that day and just how 
There's Captain America, Thor, Black Panther, and um, Captain Marvel. All there just kind of being like, you know, okay, yes, you can help out, but still. And he talks, nay, Captain, you know, the, the thine eyes, this and that. And Thor's getting pissed. He's like, are you trying to make fun of how I talk? And he's like, no, lad, that is just how part of the persona and everything. And it's just this guy is trying to be a hero. Mm -hmm. It's tragic, it's sad, and it really makes me endeared more towards who he is. Because what you then find out is the blade has power. Uh, Thor tries to lift it and just can't at all. Um, only Dane, a.k.a. the Black Knight, can. But it... Uh, it is fueled by... It's got a curse, and it's fueled by anger, hatred, emotions, and he can easily be angry, like the Hulk, and so he kind of gets more power, you know, pretty much easily explained, like the Hulk. Sure. And the sword powers up, and he saves the day. And through all this, like I said, it's, it's a little bit of a slice of life, this, you know, day of his until... Without giving away what happens, well, I guess I kind of have to. Some being comes out of nowhere and kind of whispers in the few people's uh, minds that are there that they just kind of like stop. They're just like, oh, shoot. And you don't really see, you know, it's one of those like word balloons where you can't read it, even if you try to zoom in really quick or really. So just dots. Yes. Yeah. But when this uh, person goes up to the Black Knight, he's just like, that that's not going to affect me. I'm I'm my worst critic myself. You know, I beat myself up, so that's not going to inca incapacitate me. And then this thing takes out a knife and pretty much just throws it and decapitates him. And then you're like, what the fuck? I thought this whole series is about him. Is she won. Yes. Uh, and this person's trying to steal the blade. Um, there's some secondary stories going on with the blade and understanding it. And obviously, that is what this whole book is going to be exploring um is his sword so i thought all in all for like i said it's the first issue um for people that have probably never cared or knew about this person it, it set a tone that was part comical part you know interesting intrigue um there's a flashback of um some wizards and it looked like the making of the sword um, which is also kind of interesting because when this person touched the sword and then got, you know, zapped in the past and you're seeing this vision, the wizard person or whoever it was, um, I don't like know if it was Merlin, ancestor. like pretty much like, hey, I know you're there, you know, like, so you don't normally get that talking back and forth of, you know, a person, you think they're witnessing a vision, but they're truly transported to be able to see what's going on. Mm. Um to probably get, you know, a little bit of that backstory of what's what's with the blade. I did some very quick Wikipedia-ing, and it turns out that there was this whole thing with him and Cersei where they were romantically involved. So I wonder if that's the part of the Eternals that they're going into okay. with him. I could believe that. Um, we shall see. I'll do one more quick one and then you can... You don't even know what I'm going to talk about. No. It's a uh, surprise. I hope it's not the bequest <laughs> number one. No, what is that? 
So this is uh, a book from Aftershock. It's it's interesting, and I will say this: I like the art, but I didn't like the art. In it's because it's very detailed, but it's cartoony as well. And I don't know how to to like place it, but it's almost like I felt like I've seen the art style before. However, it you know I don't know what it would have been on. I have to look it up now. Just maybe I can. Maybe it'll trigger something in my memory. But anyways, uh, bequest. He said yes. The bequest. And this is a story of Chicago, but also this world um, of super, or not superheroes, of magic. And um, what's what's the realm called? It's not Tierra. Tangia. Tangia. And it's one of those things where I've seen this trope many times before, you know, heroes come from, well, He-Man was pretty much like that, or at mm-hmm. least the movie-wise. Um, but what I like is that there's like artifacts and stuff that have come from this magic world that people are using in the real world, whether they're, well, black market, pretty much the bad guys. And so, uh, this, this dude who, without revealing who he is, uh, brings some heroes from the land to Chicago to help, you know, track down what's all missing and again like i said there are some parts where i'm like i like this it was very word heavy um a lot of exposition because world building as well and i really thought okay i'm hit or miss it sounds weird that this is what pulled me in but it really kind of pulled me in to watch these guys get their ass kicked but the last page um they're talking about you know runs through you the veins of the blood of the serpent that does not break and White supremacist militia with dragon powers. <laughs> Alignment, evil. Mm. And I'm just like, oh shit. Okay, I'm totally on board with watching the heroes, you know, kick these guys' asses. Mm-hmm. You know, if it... I th- Again, it's weird that that's what I want to see have their comeuppance, but... Why is it... No, it's not. <laughs> it's not weird at all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that's incredibly normal to I see mean, fucking white supremacists want to get their ass kicked. It's just, you don't normally see, you just see general bad guys or ex gang. So to them, you know, to kind of just flat out say, yeah, these, and obviously having dragon blood, that's kind of a thing that those people all talk about and everything. It, uh, again, it's, it's an interesting mix of fantasy, you know, it felt a little bit like a D and D game played in the real world. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so that was, so the art reminds me a lot of. Do you remember Garth Ennis did a book that I reviewed a couple times called The Train of Love? Do you remember that at all? I remember the name. I can't remember what it looked like. It, it, the art in that was a lot like this, where it was like very detailed, but also kind of cartoony. Like if Seth DeMoose got super technical on his details. Um, but anyway, that book was drawn by Mark DeSantos who I believe has done a bunch of stuff with Image. So, very similar vibe there. Uh, Linz, what do you have? So, <laughs> I read some um, interesting books this week. So, the first book, 
since number two came out. So I picked up number one and two, and it's Damned Cursed Children. And this book is from Source Point Press. It's from our good friends at Source Point Press. And it's a horror book, so I was like, I'll give it a go. I like a good horror book. I looked at the art. It's all black and white on the inside, which I always find appealing in horror books because it just makes it feel real sort of old school horror like and you can get away with a lot more gore in a black and white uh book than you can in a colored book um <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> this book is about child like something happens and all of these children start just turning into like i want to say zombies but not because they're not undead right they don't turn after dying they just all of a sudden all of these children start turning into zombie like creatures that start attacking and eating people and when i'm talking about i'm talking like toddlers i'm talking like three to eight year olds like kids just fucking tearing up the town are they fast zombies they are they're slow? well they're not they're not technically not zombies okay but yes they're fast I mean, they have a short little children's legs. So. No, but still, that's, I mean, that's even, fast zombies, okay, I would die in a heartbeat because yes. I can't run. That right. Much. Slow zombies, whether they're big or small, not as scary. I mean, yeah. they are if there's a horde. A little creepy running fast kids, that's probably scarier than adults. Yes, well, and not only, like, they clearly have enhanced strength as well because they're, like, beating through doors and stuff like that. So whatever has made them want to eat people has also given them kind of like extra strength um it's so weird to read a book where you see so many adults kicking the shit out of so so many children <laughs> <laughs> and it's so entertaining to read because you don't feel bad because they're they're devil children right they're trying to eat you so it's not you don't have any sort of like I don't, at least, where I'm like, oh, they're hurting the kids because I know in my heart of hearts that if a child was trying to eat me, I would also bash its head in. But they do kind of cover that because a couple of the characters, it follows a couple of different people. One of them is like a lady who works at a daycare. So she's at the daycare and all the kids start turning, right? One of them is the parent, the parents of a kid. They were at a, uh, at a school watching their children perform in like a play when all of them started turning and the other chick is just some random young 20 year old <laughs> i think she's the reason she was a reason to throw some like tna into the book uh, <laughs> but so they they kind of cover like we can't do this they're kids and there are kids and blah 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 and they cover that a little bit but more than anything these adults got really okay really fast with like killing children and I loved it. I thought it was an amazing thing. I'm glad they didn't take too long to get these people to that place where they're like, well, I mean, yeah, they're kids, but also, like, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the art in it is, is heavily inked. So if you're not a fan of that really heavy black and white art style... Then I would not read this, 
But I think it, like I said, it kind of plays up to that old school horror vibe with the black and white. Uh, let me find out who. Let me let me give you the names of the people who wrote this uh, very fun sort of horror title. I can't I can't wait to see where this goes, honestly, because I didn't really give too. I mean, you know, there's not. It's a horror film, film comic mm. book. So like you know. So that was the whole plot. Children are eating adults. Adults are killing children. Yeah. Like, that's the whole plot. That's going to be the whole book. It, it would be interesting to find out why this is happening. But Well, you just reminded me of, uh, while you look up, or do you got the, you're all good? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to distract for time, but. No, it was written by Howard Wong and Josh Stafford. And the art was by Robin Simon. Okay. It's Robin Simon and then NG, which I know is a word that I cannot pronounce. So I'm so sorry. (laughs) But, and of course, the editor-in-chief on this book was our dear friend, Travis. And the art director was Josh Werner. So uh, kudos, Source Point Press, for this book that I know a lot of other publishers probably would not have taken on because of the whole idea of like killing children <laughs> and I'm so happy that well, I mean, Source Point a... Press did it Travis talks about doing that every single day so <laughs> of course he would be like rumors <laughs> starting rumors <laughs> um, I also picked up just a single issue of a I just really loved the cover of this book it's called Super Cult, and it's got kind of like that classic... You're kind of going down a, a, a route there. <laughs> <laughs> I was attracted to the cover of this, and it was just a single issue, and it was like 99 cents on Comixology. So I picked it up, and I read it, and it was very much like a, this this preacher dude, this kind of like Joel Osteen-type Olste- kind of guy, gets all these people to join this cult... Right, and they're having this big concert or this big thing that everyone's going to become enlightened and all this bullshit. So very, like, traditional cult-like, but in the end, obviously, he works for, like, the Dark Lord, and he kills every or just trying to kill everybody through the use of heavy metal music. (laughs) Which, (laughs) I mean, come on. It's the best. The thing that kind of drew me into this, though, is this was... A comic book that was written to go with an actual heavy metal album. So, like, this oh. comic book is about a song off of an album by a heavy metal band called, hold on, uh, Morgenthus? I'm going to assume that I said that right. <laughs> um, it's based on their song Super Cult. So if you listen, like when you get to the end of this book, the heavy metal music that he's playing, it shows like the lyrics, you know, that are coming out of the speakers and it's totally the lyrics from this song. I actually listened to the song. Not a huge heavy metal fan, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad heavy metal music. So I just love it when kind of those two worlds combine. Yeah. So. That's why I love Scott Pilgrim so much. That's why I love Scott Pilgrim so much. Um, That one book that I, I read or I reviewed a couple of weeks ago that had like the ska bands with the in the album with the comic like I just the combination of those two things 
make me really happy. So, so uh, I wanted to say one thing that I just recently watched. You triggered my mind to mention it because of how good it was. Um, it's called Dead Set. Um, it was filmed 2011. Um, the creator of Black Mirror, Charlie Booker, okay. um, Brooker, uh, made it. And I find the stuff that he makes fascinating. I think he's a good writer. It is, um, it was a TV, like, kind of, uh, movie. So, like, a five-part, you know, small so, miniseries. A British horror comedy drama. <laughs> I mean, that's all of the things. A British horror comedy drama miniseries. So, it's, <laughs> zombie apocalypse happens when they're filming Big Brother UK. Oh, okay. And so the main characters are these people in this house. Who are in, like, a Big Brother house. Yes. It wasn't as... Like, there were some funny moments. It was definitely... It felt like a really well-done zombie show, movie. Um, It was nice because it wouldn't drag on like The Walking Dead. It was, I think, five episodes. So, like, five hours. Watched it in an afternoon. And, uh... I highly recommend, like I said, it was something that was recently recommended to me to watch, and Hmm. I recommend it to everyone else. There you go. Uh, Before we get into some news, I do have one other book that I want to talk about, which is surprising because, as I was also trying to say that I'm not a a DC hater, um, I also would say... No, no, I I loved it. (laughs) Okay. But I also don't like Superman a lot Mm. of his stories. However, I fucking love this book. So much so that I kind of actually, I actually did cry at one of the short stories. It's uh, Superman, uh, Red and Blue. vagina. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that because I have one. (laughs) Superman, Red and Blue, number one. Um, This is going to be another one of their anthology series, kind of like they did with Batman, uh, Black Black and and White, White. um, and the Harley Quinn one that they did. And so, obviously, the color scheme on in here is just using red and, and blue. And it was it very interesting. Black and white, I read a little bit, and their Batman story is cool, but you're always going to have black and white with a Batman, so it, I really feel they need to have another color to add to that to really make it feel like it wasn't just a noir-feeling mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. for Batman ones. And I saw they're also going to do a Superman, I think, black and gold or something. So, or red and gold. Either or, uh, working with red and blue was very uh, interesting and creative, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. So, the art style and all these different stories were great. A couple of the stories I do want to mention. Um, the first one um, starts off with him kind of explaining when he was at this... Uh, you know, this place, Kosolov, a nation where there was some kryptonite in the air, and so it made him weak, and then he was captured and tortured, and he came back as um, Clark Kent to interview the leader of this place who's now, you know, trying to make face with the world and kind of ignore the past crimes. It, it feels like it should have been a little bit more developed, but it, there was just one panel when he finally got, when he's, you know, going through this book and kind of all the red was him 
suffering and t- looking in the past, and then the blues were him now and everything. And so there's this panel of just him being blue talking to the dictator guy um, when he's doing the interview who's in red. And there's a scene where he just turns red and just laser bolts blasts him. Mm. But that was kind of just what he wanted to do. Right. Finish the interview and... Yeah, Superman, he has a lot of self-control. But the thing (laughs) is, they don't ever show that. And this is what, to me, was amazing. That they showed it, you know, obviously it was a panel to show in his mind. But that you actually got that glimpse of this guy wanted... Not this guy. Superman wanted to laser blast this guy because he made many people suffer, including him, for multiple months and... You know, it was a quick story to kind of gloss over how he got out. He's like, Batman helped me and blah, blah, blah. But that, I was like, all right, cool. I'm in this for a long haul. And then the two other stories that I just really, really appreciated in here um, was the second one that uh, starts off with a funeral and Superman shows up. And he just says, I'm sorry, you know, that I couldn't be here, that I was late. And... He gets to the point where I'm just like thinking, like, who is this person to him? And he's like, I got your letters. And then Superman explains how he reads all the letters he gets. He goes, I sometimes can't get to them all right away. Sometimes it takes many years later. Can he speed read, you think? I feel like he did. But he also says, you know, he gets tons of fan mail, people asking for miracles that he can't do. But he actually responds to them all, too. And, you know, here's this... um, older man you know crying at his mom's funeral and you come to find out that he had seen superman at one point in his life um when superman came and beat up a bad guy around his building and when he got home early from school his mom is saying how his mom lost a job and everything and came into the kitchen and there he sees mom shooting up drugs Mm. and i'm just like wow this took kind of a dark turn and again you know superman's feeling like i'm sorry i couldn't have done anything and the guy's like you know i'm i'm not blaming this on you like you guys you know yes i've thought about what would have happened if you would have stopped the drug coming into our city and everything but you know you can't you know you're not god you can't do that to everything but there is a point where He's like, you know, my mom raised me the best she could, um, and she always said, you know, about hope. And this quote that totally wanted, a better tomorrow, that's the only way to measure hope, by your capacity to believe that things can improve. Otherwise, there's no point in getting up in the morning. And that was something that, you know, word bubble that the mom said to the boy that he he's like, you know, I, I was raised well, um... I'm, you know, he's kind of glad that Superman showed up to the, the funeral and everything. Um, he's like, you know, I guess just the one thing, he's like, I'd do anything. And he's like, the one thing my mom wanted was to always, you know, have light shining on her. So Superman, he took the urn, and the guy's like, I don't even want to know where you bury, but if you could, that would be kind of cool. And so he took her to the moon, where it's always, mm-hmm. and put her in a little Superman kind of clear glass thing with... Yeah. The one thing that they found in her wallet was um, her ID and then a picture of her and her son. And it was just one of those things of like, um, you know, you know, she always taught me by the example that you set. And that really, still even 
that's the part where I cried. Um, yeah. Reading it totally, it was, wow. Um, probably, yeah, one of the most profound Superman stories that I've read in a while. There's one other one in here that also I thought was just needed to be talked about. Um, and like, I don't want to talk too much about the yeah, book. Yeah, nobody wants that. Yes. But it was where a uh, imp came from. An imp? The fifth dimension. You know, like, it wasn't Mr. Mixelplex. Mizzleplexic? Yes. Mixelplexic? obviously his, his name was dropped from this being. And Drop? It, well, he said it. Dropped. You know, like, dropped the name. You know, oh. the hip thing that kids oh, talk about. Oh, he dropped his name. Yeah. Like, this, hey, I this know this guy. This weird-looking thing uh, where Superman's kind of on this, uh, you know, floating in the air on this rooftop, and this being comes up, and Superman's like, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be in the fifth dimension. And then then he's like, there's something off. And again, this is black and white. And I'm like, yeah, I thought this was all about red and blue. What's going on? Till you realize this magical being took all the colors from the world. Ah. And he and he's explaining to Superman, you know, like, I did this. And everyone seems to be, you know, a lot less chaos. You know, things are a little more orderly. People are angry that they're in traffic. Yeah, because things are black and white. But then they're also not, you know, feeling love and compassion. And Superman goes, but he couldn't remember what colors were. And so he's asking this thing, what are colors? And it was that back and forth to hear this being try to explain what colors were to someone who doesn't know what colors was really interesting. And they, the dialogue and the way that they did it was really cool. And then when Superman obviously, well... It was kind of interesting. He talks to Bruce about if he should do it or not. And, of course, Bruce is like, I mean, things are good like this. So, And, of course, Lois later goes, well, Batman's always been black and white. And and so, yes, it without giving, obviously, at the end, he, you know, brings colors back. But it was a really, really cool story. And, yeah, if there's more Superman stories like these, I'm all for it. Yeah. Again, I hate... Him just being invulnerable. Oh no, there's kryptonite, so he might get hurt, but sure. escape because you know what will happen. Of course. So yes, that is. Uh, right on. Let's get into some some news. Newsy news. Um, I heard a movie came out. To HBO. I, I don't know where it came out, but I just <laughs> heard of. Didn't care to watch it, but a, then I did. A four-hour movie? Yes. I actually, like, we watched the whole thing, and when I got to the end of it, I wasn't like, oh my god, I can't believe how long that was. So, I had a little bit different experience, only, it, yeah, it didn't feel that long, but my buddy had it projected, so we were in his backyard watching it, so there's about six of us, we're still being distancing and everything. It was that was cool, but it was fucking cold. So that's yeah. part one of how I was a little not. Also, right towards the end, I really had to pee, but it's the end. And then they go through an epilogue, and then like let's have a secondary epilogue. Yeah. I just need to run and pee, but I don't want to miss anything. You're not gonna miss anything, Tony. I know that now. <laughs> but I will say this. I will say this. Uh, it. It was, was a four different. Hours. It was a different movie. Completely. Well, the feeling, the tone. Yes. Like I, everything was in slow motion. <laughs> yes, so that's what took an extra hour of the yeah, movie. Yeah. I mean there there were 
like I said, I don't remember much about the original movie. So it's hard for me to look at the four hour, like obviously shit was added. I felt like it took a lot longer to get to the return of Superman Mm -hmm. than in the original one, obviously, um, because that movie was only two hours long. Um, the, the one thing I knew for certain that they had cut was the flash sort of intro with Iris. Because I know Iris was not in the original movie. Um, I don't. I was okay with them cutting it out. Yeah, there was that. That was kind of creepy. There. Well, so there's. I didn't get creepy vibes from it, like because in my head I know the connection between those two characters, and maybe that's why. But I could see where somebody just watching it without being like, "Oh, that's Iris." Obviously, they're going to end up together. So, like, this isn't creepy at all. It's meant to be. Um, but if you're not watching it from that point of view, then it probably does seem a little creepy. <laughs> like I said, the, the the overall tone felt like it was one movie, where the other one, the as they call it, the Justice League, it uh, <laughs> it did feel like he was trying to put too many... It was trying to make it more marvelly with the yeah. jokes and everything, which... That's the thing I remember most that I hated the most of that movie because the the jokes just didn't land and it felt like it was two different movies combined to one which it was. Right. I do miss some of it. There are I mean, let's 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 Flash like he deserves jokes. That's his character. Oh, yeah. Cyborg, I fucking hated this version of Cyborg so much. I will say this though, I know why the uh, Ray was pissed at Joss for so long, his whole fucking story got cut. Well, it got cut, plus Joss was just a huge toxic dick to him, yes. I guess, on set. Um, a lo- yes, a lot of his story got cut. Oh my god. It was so fucking boring, though. Yeah. They did not do that character any justice at all. He looked like shit. Yeah, I did not like his CGI still. It looked so... Like, uh, I watched... Uh, Doom Patrol. Oh my god! And the cyborg and that, that character was so good. More and that's pra- well, that's because practical effects are always better. Even practical effects with a little bit of touch up would have been better. Um, again, I mean, he and, was mostly robot in this version. Oh, almost all but like part of his face. Yeah. was and it was like Motherbox technology that created him. Whereas in the comic book, obviously it was just his dad's genius that saved mm-hmm. him with the robotics. Um, the car like. I don't know. I really, I think having watched Doom Patrol so recently and knowing how they covered Cyborg's origin story and the way they wrote that character with him being serious, but also like a teenage boy, mm-hmm. like they did it so perfectly. So in this version where he was just fucking serious, I just wanted him to say booyah. <laughs> like I just wanted him to say it once. <laughs> I mean, that's his character. There's, there's, yes, he lost so much. He lost his mom, he lost his body, like, he hates his dad. All of these things, I get it. But also, like, he's still just a teenage boy at the end of the day, so, like... Well, like I said, I I, I will flat out, before people start getting pissed, I thought it was better. And, and, but I also don't necessarily mean that that means good. Yeah. How, because there is plenty to dissect, and again, there's people that hours. are just there yeah. are people that are just like 
this is the holy grail of all movies. And it's like, this is what fandom, like, you need to really get over. And this is not me, again, being a DC hater. This is me loving film and just story in right. general. Um, and not everything is necessarily a plot hole. But when there's inconsistencies, it's, well, an inconsistency. Um, when, now the action scenes were cool. There are stuff movie-wise that I'm like, I like that. I, I'm glad they got rid of the random Russian family that the Flash saved at the end uh, near the nuclear um, yeah, I thing. Yeah, I don't remember that. Well, that was the biggest thing that I was like, I never understood why the fuck he went and saved them. But that was to give him his big day where in this movie, which I think the best thing that they kept or Snyder put back in was the Flash saving the day. Like did the, he, he didn't, okay, so he did not reverse time in... Did he reverse time in no, the No, in the time? original one, what happened was his little mission was to go save this random family of four that was somehow yeah. there in the city near this broken nuclear, right. you know, okay. plant. So, I feel two different ways about the whole Flash reversing time thing. Is Is the first way I feel about it is, like, I could... I mean, it's awesome, right? Because he can do that. I was kind of hoping that they would save that for Flashpoint. And again, I do also feel like they shot their load on yeah. a lot of things in this movie. <laughs> People have more than one load, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And um, but the other, hmm. the other, the thing that I loved about it, so them, them kind of going prematurely with the Flash reversing time thing ruins that effect for Flashpoint, I feel like. Because it takes him a while to figure out he can do that. Yeah. And it, he doesn't seem like a very well-trained no, speedster yeah, he, yeah. at this point. Um, but the thing I did love is when he was doing his laps, right, to build up speed, and he trips, and how... Well, he got blasted. Yeah, well, yeah, but how fucking shitty he feels and how instantly he feels like he... Even though it wasn't his fault that, like, it is his fault. That is such a flash way to feel. hundred mm -hmm. percent. And for him to, like, try and fix that by reversing time feels a little like one of the old school Superman movies, right? Where Superman flies in reverse around the Earth and reverses time mm -hmm. to save Margot Kidder. <laughs> but was definitely made me feel m more attached to the Flash as a character. But now I'm like, well, we already all know he can fucking do it. But again, in what Snyder wanted to do, his next then project was going to go in this injustice right. realm of possibilities, which, now knowing that, I actually would have been actually saying, holy shit, they went there. I never thought they would have gone there. I'm going to have to give kudos and actually say, like, if this was the first time watching this movie in theaters, I would have said, all right, didn't necessarily hate it like I did the first one mm -hmm. or the original one, but I would have been also been like, but I'm actually really curious what they do now with yeah. going forward. So the Flash doing that, they weren't planning on doing this Flash movie or whatever. There are a lot of missteps that I feel they didn't do where this movie took too much time establishing some of these characters backstories i don't think everything needs to be fleshed out but then you need to have a movie where 
you didn't need to flesh out these characters. You could have just had them already being friends, already have mm-hmm. been formed. Right. I also feel like they should have took more time to explore what it's like to have Superman dead yeah. in other movies, um, which they could have layered in. They could have had nothing at the end and split this into uh, Justice League 2, where then Superman comes back and right. they lose. Um, yeah, they didn't do the death of Superman any justice. No. Like, that was a whole event. Yeah, and it was an event that... We didn't see any of those The repercussions was what super, made the event yeah. important. Um, can we talk about what a fucking whiny bitch Steppenwolf oh is? Oh my god. Oh my god. They, if anything, the two-hour cut made that character better. Because holy shit, was he just like a fucking ass-kissing fucking whiny bitch. It was, so there's an article I saw, so I can't take credit for it, but it was fucking hilarious. I think I might have posted it. Actually, I think I did post it on Drunken Comics Facebook. Of He he was uh, always having to have the Zoom calls with his yeah. boss. Like It wasn't even his boss. It was like his boss's assistant. <laughs> now, he looked, armor-wise, everything looked much better. I will say that his appearance, but then who he was deep down. Yeah. Because it, it, it where I think Zach fucked up, was he had, and I'm just going to say his dark side, even though it wasn't dark side. It was, uh, how do you pronounce the name? Uh, U- U-X-A-S, uh, U-X-A-S. Uh, that's who dark side was before he became dark side and got the Omega Beams and everything. So a little bit of history with uh, who dark side is. But it, let's just say to the person like you that did not know that, no. dark side came to Earth in this movie. Darkseid got his ass kicked by the Atlanteans and this and that. And I like the inclusion of some Green Lanterns in there. That was kind of cool. I did enjoy that, yeah. But, so it was a cool fight scene. But Darkseid got his ass kicked. Right. And then forgot that his one thing in life that he's been looking for, the anti-life equation, is on this planet where you got your ass kicked. But you just forgot where it was for over millennia. Millennia is a long time. Where where it was at and yet the original why Stephen Wolf was so um I'm sorry you know I'm trying to make up it was because he was originally in the original or the justice one he was a person that failed getting the mother boxes and that was the point of him going there um they didn't even really do the um the anti-life equation that I can recall so he's making up for his failure for not getting them the first time. That's why he's, you know, sorry, I'm trying to make up for it. To have your boss come and do it and fail, and then <laughs> I didn't really feel like they made why Steppenwolf, like, what he did that sucked. Like, what was he doing? And if it's a comic book thing, I personally don't know, but no one else knows. Right. So it's some mysterious thing. But, again, going back to where um, you access... Uh, Snyder has said that's who came to Earth. So he obviously was Darkseid before becoming Darkseid. Well, why did Wonder Woman call him Darkseid then if you've never met this person and he didn't start calling himself Darkseid until he gets the Omega Beams? If you're trying to say that he was the weaker version before getting powerful, mm-hmm. which the scene that he did show the Omega Beams going off in the Dark Vision, that was fucking sweet. But... If he somehow became a more powerful being in between, I didn't fucking know that. I right. thought he was Kevin, the manager. Like, yeah. 
you know, there, yeah. there's a lot of things that, that people will just be like, oh, man, Dark Side, cool, because it's a name, and I know that person, but it didn't add to the story at all. It was just a person. And I did like Martian Manhunter showing up, even though uh, him randomly talking to Lois was that a That little... scene was fucking... That was just out of nowhere. Completely pointless. Other than Except being to, like to establish that him was there. Yeah. Because the... But we all knew that guy was already... I mean, we knew he was there because that was in... Um, what was it? Was it in Batman versus Superman that we find out he's Martian Manhunter? Oh, yeah. But originally the, the last scene with Batman talking to him was supposed to be Jon Stewart. A Green Lantern, but that was one of the things that Warner Brothers said, you do that and you're not doing this at all. And that's where Zack Snyder was like, well, fine, I'm not doing it. But then he has repented and goes, all right, well, if we can put in John, then all right. So, yeah, it it, 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 it was okay. You know, I it didn't need to be green a Green Lantern or not. It would have been kind of a cool cameo. Um, but the scene that they put in with him talking, I, w- I was, yeah, it was just so... So pointless. Sorry. Also, again, I didn't know when Clark got his home back or not. I thought it was for sale when he first went off with Lois to the farmhouse. Like, oh, I don't remember it wasn't, that at all. I didn't think it was bought back until towards the end of the movie. But obviously when him and Lois, or Superman and Lois went in there, there's fucking furniture and clothes. Like, Well, it was foreclosed on. So don't, I don't know. I don't know if, don't if people... Ma Kent just fucking left her shit there or not. I mean, okay, I, no I guess idea. I could disbelieve <laughs> that. Um, so at one point in the movie, Flash refers to Wonder Woman as Wonder Woman. And I don't remember them ever establishing her being called Wonder Woman. I feel like they said it in 84... Like Wonder Woman, like someone, they said the name, they said the title, like, Did but they? yeah, but, but maybe they didn't. Yeah. I feel I, like someone might have said, you are a wonderful woman or what? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. He was straight up like, it's Wonder Woman. And she was all like, I'm over, uh, or I can't, I'm not over Steve. Yet we saw at the end of Wonder Woman 4, she was definitely over Steve. Oh my God. There was one line where, we don't need to keep talking about this for forever, <laughs> but there was one line where she was like, I've, I, I've, I've been through that myself once as well, where she was talking about losing her great love. And I was like, or twice, because he came back in 1984, and then you lost him again. So you really, you lost your great love twice. Yeah. We all know it now, and you said once, but we all know it's twice. Well, <laughs> the one thing with Wonder Woman that I thought was interesting was, she flat out killed a dude. Oh, and yeah. I, do, I love Granted, that part. it was an amazing scene mm-hmm. and really was like a video game. Like, it showed how well she could stop bullets. So, mm-hmm. like, she's more powered up. But when she clanged her arms together and you saw the side of that building blow up. Yeah. Debris falling onto police officers outside. Oh, yeah. I totally was like, oh, and they're so like, so she's oh just all those people are dead people? in there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I told, I turned to Josh and I was like, oh, at least one police officer just died. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that was the best way to handle that situation, considering you can block all of the bullets with your fucking things. Well, then, or when she asked them the, the hostages, are you okay? And I'm like, they're all fucking deaf. Yeah. 
Their eardrums just burst. None of those girls can stand up because they all peed their pants. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that was it. Again, it was an interesting, um, I don't know, event. I guess that yeah. we will never see again. No. Uh, a totally, like I said, different tone and film feel. I didn't realize there was that much that was cut though. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. Can we talk about the toxicity of the fandom for a minute? Because. Apparently, a lot of the producers of the original movie are getting death threats because of them making the cuts. Now that the fans have seen the Schneider cut, Schneider, Schneider, whatever, <laughs> um, they're they're actually threatening people who worked on the hatchet job of the first movie. And it's like, listen, guys, yes, they fucked it up. You don't need to threaten people. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's a movie. It's a movie. Let's examine our lives and realize how unimportant this movie is to them. <laughs> and um, the I think Warner Brothers had to, because the other the other thing that this has has caused was a fervor for a David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And David Ayer's is straight up like I'm not doing that. Yes. Well, and he's also like... I don't care. Well, also, (laughs) it's one of those things of, like, in this instance, there was a lot of stuff that was there. I don't think people quite understand when you make cuts, yes, you have some scenes, but not to drastically... Like, I'm sure David's like, yeah, there was, like, maybe a scene or two that added, but it won't make a big of a difference to the overall tone of the movie... And just Warner Brothers has pretty much said no, that's not happening. Anyways, it's, in oh, fact, God. they've said there's nothing else that Snyder's gonna do, even though they're trying to woo him. Yeah. Uh, Netflix is trying to woo him too for some projects, so there is a little bit of a fight back and forth of what can go on with it. But they're like that movie, the Just League Two, is not gonna happen with Snyder. No. Where people are already like, let's we already made it happen once. Let's go to Twitter with hashtags. Uh, Snyderverse, and it's like... Was it better? I mean, one one could say that, yes, and, and a piece of art that is true to its original vision will always be better than somebody else coming in and redoing it. We all saw when that woman tried to rehab that painting and turned it into <laughs> that fucking monstrosity that it was, right? That shit happens. <laughs> But I think it. But it still it, wasn't. It, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. Like it wasn't a great piece of cinema. I don't. I want to own that picture though, <laughs> just because of the story. Um. Oh my god, we didn't even touch on. Oh god, I don't want to talk about this movie forever. But that fucking dream sequence that Bruce has at the end. Oh yeah, like with the Joker in it, and like Superman being evil and all of that shit. Okay, I was like setting up. But at the same point, it, I feel like it, it was oh, cringy. It was bad. It was bad. And I enjoyed Deadshot, or not Dead, not Deadshot, um, Slade being there. Like, you know, I hate Mira. Fucking get that bitch out of every movie that's ever been created. Mm-hmm. She's a terrible actress and character. But <laughs> it was, I'm like, there were things that were cut that I'm definitely like, they're completely unnecessary the lowest scene that fucking scene at the end all you know oh my god Uh, one of the things that uh they've they hinted at and i believe in because zach's doing lots of podcasts now for you know 
promoting his, his movie and vision. We're always uh, open to talk yeah. about stuff with you if you want to come on Drunk well, on Comics. We, we love the movie. <laughs> no, uh, he said that the reason why, um, or someone had this theory and he said it was true. The reason why Superman really stopped uh, when he got resurrected and started killing everyone is not that he saw necessarily Lois. It's that he saw baby growing inside her. Uh, and because he's already said that what his plans were was in the future movies he was going to have um batman sacrifice himself and die but superman and lois's kid would be the new batman i guess some stuff that i was like i don't need it because i don't need to go down these rabbit holes of stuff that could have and should have went because anyone could make up stuff but that's what he was saying that that is truly what stopped so Lois was pregnant, which also kind of goes into why Bruce is like, Lois is pretty much description of like something with Lois, which obviously uh, in the Injustice uh, comic books and everything, she's dead uh, and that's what makes yeah, him go crazy. It does. So yeah. I like... She was pregnant too. I, I like those things that you're pulling from the comic books yeah. to really incorporate, but we... Yeah, it, I didn't really the, feel like the, the Joker was... The universe isn't established enough to get that... Meta? Yeah. 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 Like, you gotta get... You have to have, like, a... It took Marvel, what, 20 movies to get to its big epic sort of story? Mm -hmm. Like, guys, it take your time. Like, we don't care. It, we don't... <laughs> it took Marvel 10 years. We did not care. We yeah. did not care. And it's still going, and we're still like, give us more. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't care. You can take your time. It's fine. It's fine. Nerds are used to having to wait for things. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the most uh, important news to come out this week, should have started off the show with this, is Krispy Kreme is giving away free donuts. To anyone that has gotten their COVID jab. I've never been so disappointed in a comment section in my entire life. And I don't know that I really want to talk about this because it's become extremely political. <laughs> what? To get in free donuts? How? Oh my God. You. All right. Fucking. You know what? If you don't disagree with me, fucking disagree with me. I don't care. So many people are like, well, I don't think I should be punished for not wanting to get the vaccine. Or I can't get the vaccine. Like, I can't. It's, I will have an allergic reaction and die. I can't get the vaccine. So what, I can't get free donuts? And I want to be like, they're Krispy Kreme donuts, guys. They're 35 cents for one. That's why they're giving them away for free. And they give them away for free regardless, randomly at each day. And they're times. not that great. They're not that great. All donuts are good. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, they're donuts. Like, oh, my God. Just, like... The tragedy, the human comedy that we have become over the past year has really come out in this story. Well, I didn't realize all that was going on. I was just oh like, sweet, God. free donuts. All you need to do is show your vaccination card. Right. You know what? I'm on a diet. I don't really need to be eating donuts. Also, but you know he what? has diabetes, you guys. He shouldn't eat donuts. <laughs> I don't like how the diet is the reason why you're not eating donuts. <laughs> You forget though, free. <laughs> Fuck my diabetes. <laughs> For all those people out there that don't have diabetes, yes. uh, this is honestly, it's just kind of a cool it is. thing. It is. 
And right. it goes until the end of the year. Yeah. Each you can go every, every day. day you wanted to. Um, get a Again, bonus. because donuts are like thirty five. I know, and I I see people <laughs> doing that. Unfortunately, again, yes. for me, I'm just like, oh, cool. I guess if I have my card on me and I'm in an area, like I'm not going out of my way to. No. Yeah. To do that, but it's, it's a very sort of like public interest thing for a company to do, and I get it. It's it's half marketing, half goodwill, and good for them. It, go get a free, fucking free donut if you get your vaccine. Hmm. Um, I won't. I am getting vaccinated. I won't go get a free donut just because there's like one Krispy Kreme in this town, and it's on the Beltline in Twenty Eighth Street, and I don't want to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic sucks over yeah. there. <laughs> Can I go into the, one of the gas stations that sell Krispy Kremes and get a free one? That's what I want to know. Oh, um, <laughs> man, I should... Before going to Krispy Kreme, I should have stick with uh, DC for... That's okay. Last this show things. has no format. That's true. <laughs> um, so, uh, now that Snyder versus, you know, or Justice League has come out, um, the Warner Media CEO um, has come out and said that the future of DC films and TV and comics is in the hands of Jim Lee, which I'm okay with. I feel like, again, they've needed someone who is part of comics that understands comics that can be kind of a Kevin Feige type person Didn't there. did they have that already, though? Was they it? had it with Jeff Johns. Thank you, yeah. That's and that's where I think of. I'm saddened that what... Actually, no. I have heard he does have... Like, I loved what he did with Green Lantern. I love what he did with a lot of events um, in the comic book realm. But again, it's it's Warner Brothers. And I do know there have been things where he had some things that he wanted to do, but executives right. get in the way. So this may not actually be as great of a thing because it's one amazing um, comic book uh, person for another. I think Jim Lee might, might, obviously in the, in our world, right? Both of those names carry a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. I think in the non-us world, people might know Jim Lee more than they know Jeff Johns. Do you think? Maybe? Yeah. I feel like he's just, he's put himself out there as a figure more. Kind of like Stanley. Mm-hmm. Right? Guess, what's with the Lees, but... Not even, like, the same origin of the last name. <laughs> His Stanley's actually last name was Leibowitz, so, yeah. you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, so may, maybe he'll have a little bit more... I hope so. A little more clout to... Yeah, maybe. I, I don't Fuck. As long as he's not a yes man, I will believe it when I see it. Like it's one, like we've been in an abuse and abusive relationship <laughs> yeah. with Warner Brothers, and until they like prove that they're willing to be better, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they have they announced so they announced they're doing a possibly a Zatanna movie. Yes. Well, I saw they announced a bunch of things, and oh, uh, some of the things that I saw them announced, um, and I can't even remember off the top of my head right now, were a little out there. And I get excited for things that are a little out there. Mm -hmm. What, some of them? I was like, okay. We thought that, you, though, when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I didn't think that because well, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you did that, but a lot of people did not know who Guardians yes. of the Galaxy but were. But I had faith in Marvel. Right. 
That's fair. If they were going to do a Wonder Twins movie, I would be like, yes. But also, I'd be like, but I have no faith. Right. However, and one of the best movies that they did, though, was Shazam. I loved Shazam. That's and that true. was kind of like, I mean, uh, is Shazam more well-known than Zatanna? I'm sure. Oh, no. And I'm not saying Zatanna sh- actually has a name. Right. Uh, so I feel more people would, would know that, but... <sighs> Maybe. I mean, she is the most powerful sorceress in the DC universe. Um, I'm excited because they have tapped the director behind Promising Young Woman, which is nominated for an Oscar this year. Have you seen the trailer for this movie, Promising Young Woman? Uh-uh. So when you see the movie poster and, like, the title, you think it's, like, this movie about this woman who, like, is doing her best to make it in the world, and she's a promising young woman, right? So she's going to work her way up the corporate... No, it's about this woman who seduces men by acting drunk in bars, and when they take her home to, like, you know, date rape her, she just murders them. And I really loved the concept of that movie. (laughs) And it's nominated for a fucking Oscar. Um, so, I think that having that director behind Zatanna might make it a little interesting. But I'm also wary because they did Wonder Woman and now the next female character they're doing is a standalone movie is Zatanna. Yeah. Which is a weird jump. Uh, was uh, One of the ones was Our Man. Our man, like H O U R, our man. Who's our man? That's again. I know who. I love who, like comic books, but I I don't really know. So that's again another one of those of interesting. Um, Give me fucking booster gold. That's what I want. And blue beetle. Uh, that that's right there. Perfect. uh, Even uh, um, the atom would be a good. I mean, it'd be Ant-Man, but it'd be oh, a good... Oh, I know who Our Man is. He's an old-school character. He's, like, Justice Society of America old-school character. I think he was in Batman Brave and the Bold. That's probably how okay. I know him. Um, but, yeah. Uh, then the, the Peacemaker. I mean, they've already had that yeah, filmed. Yeah, he, he's gonna... Well, he's gonna. He's a character in the new Suicide Squad movie, right? John Cena. I mean, yeah. the reason why the Peacemaker <laughs> is getting his own shit is because John it's John Cena, Cena. Yeah. not because it's the Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still not convinced of John Cena as an actor, but we'll see how that goes. So, um, uh, with with all this talk of DC and you know possibilities that could be good, uh, they're also increasing their comic books to six bucks. What? Yep. Six dollars? Well, five ninety nine. Are you serious? I believe coming in July. Well, that's not gonna go well for them. <laughs> Holy fuck! So, I get pissed. That I have to pay four so ninety nine. Like, I kind of wanted to slide that in there when you're like, "There's hope, maybe on the horizon with Jim Lee in charge of everything." Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think that was made before they announced that today that the, that he's taking over. So five ninety nine. That shit better be fucking... Here's the thing. Like, there's, like, three comic books that DC puts out that are good, and the rest are all right. 
right? Yeah. Like, I'm willing to pay maybe $5.99 for a really good black label title because they're bigger. Or, like, these big anthologies that they're putting. Yeah. I mean, those are already, though, more. But, like, don't give me a 24-page fucking static shock book and make me pay $5.99 for it. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. There's just... I know you gotta pay the artists. It's such a conundrum because, like, you want these people to get paid well, but also, I mean, yeah, like, that's just, David. Now that you, yeah, I know. I, now I'm like, well, shit. Now I feel bad for being pissed off right? about this. It but you, but you, more. but you and me know, yeah, that's not gonna go to the artists. It's right. gonna that's go true. to, so yeah, still fuck them. That's true. Unless we see some better contracts. It, yeah, it really. I mean, the the content has to. Because it's funny because for a long time DC was like the we're the two ninety nine only, like brand right. All of their books were two ninety nine unless they were like double issues or something like that, and they weren't going to stray away from that because they wanted comic books to be affordable to everybody. Yeah, but they've been three ninety nine for a while. Yeah, like, they yeah even four ninety nine oh, for, for some sure. Things. For sure. Oh God, so stupid. Yes. Um, That's not how you increase readership. It's just not. So, uh, you reviewed, uh, I want to pretend like I'm butchering the name, but Berserker last week. Berserker. 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 Uh, Well, it's now going to be a movie. Uh, There's also an anime. I mean, yes. One issue out. Yep. One issue. And Netflix is like, Keanu, movie starring you, written by you, maybe directed by you, yeah. maybe. Uh, anime, you voice, right? <laughs> awesome. We got it. We're going to do this. Everybody fucking loves. Why wouldn't you, though, right? Keanu Reeves is a money-making machine. And genuine human being. Yes. Like, he is. Not in this. Not in this. No, I'm saying it's just in Ultra real violent. Life. Well, I mean, you can say the same thing about John. Like, but the guy who yes. came from, whoa, like, you know. Yes. Be, well, be excellent. Like, he lives his mantra from. For sure. From that, like. <sighs> you see a lot of goodwill sort of stories. Like, I, one of them that I saw was, like, him. This woman was on this, like, connecting flight that got canceled, and she was trying to make it home. And Keanu Reeves just also happened to be on that same flight. And so they were going in the same direction. So he hired a car service to take them both back to where they were going. God, I would love to just been that person to right? just share a conversation. Like, I don't know what I would say. Because I always think, too, when I meet famous people, we've met plenty of famous people. Um, you know, I, I'm always professional. And there hasn't been truly anyone that I've, like, geeked out of. I have. Um, but I, I also knowing that our time is limited with them, but like to be just candid in a like, oh, you're just a cool person. Like, yeah, I have so many questions, but also I don't want to. I just want to have like, I had the opportunity to meet and have a conversation with Kevin Smith. And what I said to him was, I don't know. I just love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to him. <laughs> and this, and then he goes, this chick just fucking told me she loved me. And Jason Hughes goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> So I know for sure if I were faced with the situation of 
being in the same car with Keanu Reeves, I would just be like... I think of it all the time, honestly, of like, <laughs> if I were to see someone in a restaurant... Because again, I would never be that person to go out of my way to be like, interrupt someone. Mm-hmm. I at least have that sort of... The Wednesday, but if I ever saw like at a grocery store, just in line, I'd just be like, I tell myself I'd say this. Now, granted, would I or not? Right. Depending on the person, but I feel like I would. I would personally want to be like the cool person, be like, I just want to say thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. And then hopefully that turns into the guy being like, Oh well, th- wanting to talk to me sure. then. Like you're a cool bro. Let's be best friends from now on because you didn't bug me for an autograph. You I just said thank said, you. It's you going up to them and being like. I just wanted to say <laughs> thank you. you. And they're like, oh my God, get <laughs> away from me. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> uh, yeah. My meeting Kevin Smith ended with me attack hugging him from behind. <laughs> <laughs> he had wanted no part of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, where were we? Um, Keanu Reeves. Yes, Keanu Reeves. His new shit's going to be on Netflix. I guess surprising no one. We all knew this was going to turn out that way eventually, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, rounding out the the corner on things to talk about is some movie shuffling, which I was surprised to actually come across this because I kept telling all my friends this past weekend that Black Widow is coming out May 7th, but... It no longer is. It is now moved to July. July 9th. And it's not only going to be just in theaters. It's going to be in theaters. Disney is pretty much doing a lot of these uh, same day release online. Um, watch it Disney Plus for the 30 bucks extra. I've seen uh, friends that go, don't do that. Because this is going to be the new model. And they're just going to charge you more for a service. And it's like... I get what you're saying, but in this instance, just know that for 30 bucks, your family can just sit at home and watch it. Now, granted, you or me, like just a single person paying 30 bucks, yeah, that's a lot more than going to the movie theaters. By that time, you maybe want to be able to go to movie theaters. Or if not, you weren't going to go to movie theaters anyways. Just wait till it becomes free. Right. It's an option. So it, I get kind of people thinking that these streaming services are being greedy, mainly Disney, because HBO is just saying whatever and put them on for free. But at the same point, I'm kind of like, I'm glad there's the option. So this is going to be one of them. And it, like I said, it seems like almost all their movies are going to be like that too. They moved around um, Cruella as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie looks awful. Pixar's uh, Luca that's also slated to come out. Um, well, it's supposed to come out, I believe, this... Um, spring but i believe that got moved to the summer as well so <clears throat> when i worked at the video store oh actually luca's coming straight to disney plus and skipping theaters in the u.s oh really so it'd be kind of like because soul was free so is so was raya right raya you paid the 30 but raya did have some mo- movie theaters oh and everything but you can watch it for free on disney plus. no you there was another one of those 30 Really? So what? Yeah, Disney Plus. I didn't Plus, see a paywall in front of mine. Uh, maybe your kid uh, already bought it. He's no. He's an, he's an eighteen year old boy. He didn't buy Raya. <laughs> if anything, he's fucking getting porn on the DL. Maybe your boyfriend did. <laughs> That's more fucking likely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Um, so when I worked, <clears throat> to me, I guess maybe I have a different perspective on it, having worked in the video store, because to me, $30 a month doesn't seem like a lot. Because we had people who would, I mean, they would wait to watch the movies until they came out on new release, and they would come in and they would rent all the new releases, and they would spend $30 a week on renting movies and watching them. Oh, yeah. And, like, we had lots of customers who did that. Even if it wasn't the same day they came out, the weekends were just fucking packed full of people who were renting all the new releases who did not go see them in theaters. Or even if they did, wanted to rewatch them. And people would drop $20, $30 a week on, on renting movies that you only got to keep for a day or two. Whereas mm-hmm. on these, you get to keep them for however long you have that streaming service or they have it up. So to me, that doesn't seem like a huge expense, but... I am privileged. <laughs> I can yeah. afford $30 a month. Um, so. When you mentioned Movie Star uh, Store, that is one other thing I highly recommend. Uh, the last blockbuster on Netflix yeah. uh, was a really awesome documentary. Like, it really, watching it, it makes me, I hate to say this, I'm kind of maybe planning a trip to maybe visit my cousin um, yeah. in Seattle. And it's five hours south of Seattle, and I kind of want to just go to this last blockbuster because I mean, it like really up, up to a month ago, you could have went to like any family video in Michigan. I know <laughs> I, they were open up until. But the a month movie ago. really gave me that feeling of yeah. like nostalgia and just the people that they interview and everything. It's just a really well done documentary, but it will make you be like, "Damn, I remember when I was a kid and doing that." Mm-hmm. And that was. Yeah. yeah, Dude, I spent 15 years of my life in a video store. They're awesome environments. Not only to, like, go to, and, and, like, there's something about going into a movie store, walking around those aisles, looking at the boxes, trying to figure out that just that scrolling through those pictures on a app doesn't, doesn't give you. Um, but holy shit, the fucking stories hmm. I have about working in one are just... I could write a fucking book about that. <laughs> so, um, what is... Didn't get finished saying, too. So, now that they've moved um, Black Widow, that was also uh, Shang-Chi's original date. Mm. Um, so, that's got moved to... Um, I think it was November... Um, Free Guy, which was also supposed to come out last year, spring, which I'm really looking forward to. It. That's the Ryan Reynolds yeah. video game one. That one looks good. That's uh, now coming out August 13th. So, uh, again, a bunch of different uh, movies shuffled around, which, again... It sounds like they're planning for, pe- for like, more people to have received the vaccination so that more people are willing to go out into a theater. Oh, for sure. And, again, it's me being, like, I want my entertainment now, but... Yeah. Which I... Do, but also can wait. You'll live. Um, lastly? Lastly. Well, two lastlies. Do you have anything? Um, no. Uh, they're talking about making a face-off, too. Starring both Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Yes, that's all I know right now. But, uh, I just want to throw that out there because I find that, uh, interesting. Uh, no, that that movie was great. No, I mean, listen, like... I will take anything Nicolas Cage almost any day. It's the John Travolta piece of it that I'm having a real hard time with. Oh. I just don't know about that guy no more. Um, I'm really looking forward to the biopic about Nicolas Cage 
starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like, that's the one I want to see. <laughs> oh, my last one, and I saved for last because it's one of those WTF. Um, I don't understand NFTs. Um, I mean, I do understand. Do you know what NFT is? Well, it's an acronym, but I don't know what it's for. Non-fungible token? Non-fungible? Yes. Token. So, what just happened uh, within the last two weeks was a internet painting. It's a digital painting sold for, I want to say, a couple million dollars oh this has to do with blockchain good luck trying to understand that shit oh yeah um <laughs> but um what this does is it makes um you know you a sole uh owner of a digital um thing yeah it's like code you're like you're the owner of the code yeah, yeah. so other people could look at it people could you know take it but you own it somehow i like i said yeah i don't understand it well i bring that up in comic book world because uh matt kent's uh mind management series is coming back um as an nft comic so i found that interesting and how that works in the comic book world and and how this all goes i find this interesting because i missed out on bitcoin but i also don't understand it so you're, you're they're not unlike each other because bitcoins are also based off of blockchain blockchain is a really like i feel like you need to take a bunch of classes i don't fully understand blockchain i know that it's used in a variety of different ways and and the company i work for was even looking at it in terms of logistics purposes and <coughs> shipping things overseas and how blockchain applies to that, I will never know or understand or care. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's a lot of people applying value to untangible things, which is a little dangerous, I think. Yeah. Because our dollar is tied to gold, right? So there's there's something there, right, behind it that... that manages the value of our but dollar. what is money? Well, it's I mean, tied to the value of gold. <laughs> I just told you what it was. <laughs> Whereas these are literally like, I mean, Bitcoin fluctuates so much based on... So much. <laughs> whether people have interest in it right now or any, I mean, like fucking 50 Cent got paid in a, in a couple Bitcoins like years ago that he forgot about and then one day was like, oh, I have these Bitcoins and he was like, oh, they're millions of dollars and like two years later they were like, oh, they're $5. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's really, being an accountant, it's really weird that people place value on things that you can't like possess. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's the future. And maybe I've just gotten to that point where I'm old enough that I don't need to understand about it. All these young people can figure it out and just let me know what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to figure it out and tell it to me, we can have a whole special, a, a very special episode of Drunk Time Comics where Tony talks about blockchain. Super interesting stuff. Yeah? 
No. No? no okay. Not. <laughs> um, so I forgot. Uh, I had a book for... I have a book for Booze in a Book. I just forgot that we still need to do that. No. Oh. So... Uh, not even going to get into it as much as I wanted to. This book was fucking amazing. Ultra Mega number one. Oh my god. I was totally going to pick this up and read it. I'm so glad that you did. Yes, it's great. It was and big. That's why I didn't. It's yes. long. It's like 68 pages or something like that. Uh, with giant kaiju monsters. Yeah. Ultraman-ish feeling. Like, it it's the stuff that I love. Awesome. It looked, and I don't love that stuff. And it's still like when I swung past it, I was like, mm-hmm, "That looks really good." Not yeah. good enough for me to read it in two days. But. Yeah, but you, I, th- I, you'd like it. Yeah, I, th- I mean, especially anyone that likes. Not that I'm saying that you like giant monsters, but I do. And Who doesn't? So it was my, in their heart of hearts, love yeah. giant monsters. But also, there's some humor in here. Uh, <laughs> from the very beginning, uh, this main character when having this vision and this Ultramanisque like type uh, being saying you know take the power and he's just looking up okay like, <laughs> and that sold me that was like the first panel so I'm like like Pete gonna... Davidson's character from yeah. Saturday Night Live okay. so um, it was great and uh, really just pairing this with a, a tall boy of anything really get something big some booze because you're going to drink a lot while reading this massive uh... this is long but not too much because you want to stay awake Yes. To read it. And there you have it, folks, um, on this uh, very uh, long we, episode. Was it long? Well, time it's just the, it's, it's the Snyder Cut of <laughs> Joke on Comics. <laughs> could we cut stuff out that we didn't care about or you don't care about? We could. Are we going to? Never. No, Lynn, we did. Years. We cut out like four hours worth that. I'm going to put in some later time. Nobody is going to believe that we hung out for more than <laughs> an hour and a half. 